Welcome to Old Soul, New Soul Astrology Podcast with Robert Glasscock. I'm Thomas Miller, and I'm just going to get this conversation started. This is going to be kind of fun and interesting. So we have an anomaly here, Robert, between you and me. You were born almost on a full moon, so your moon in Aries is opposite your sun in Libra. I was born almost near a new moon, so my moon is over the next county next door in Libra, and my son is in Scorpio. Your parents got divorced. My parents never even entertained it. Let's talk about kids that are born near full moons and new moons. Interesting, because that's one of those old rules. Again, you'll see it in Safarial's manual in the A to Z delineator and the whole back past Evangeline Adams, William Lilly. Full moon babies, now obviously not every full moon baby's parents will divorce. Many of them will, statistically, simply because the archetype is one, and same is true with the sun, moon, square, is one of inherent conflict between the yin and yang, the male and female, the mother and father, inherent conflict. It's actually worse under a... Uh, a, a quarter moon at the squares in other words at least with the opposition you have a polarity but there still is conflict and tension between the two parents and the the baby me the native as we used to say in astrology the querent is unconsciously aware of this sometimes they're consciously aware of the conflict too which i did become aware of the older i got uh, but I was actually, when I was born, Thomas, my parents were separated by war. My dad was going down on a ship in the English Channel. He was a Navy medic. I didn't meet him for almost almost nine months after I was born. And I'm sure, I don't remember that, but I am sure I thought at the time, who the heck is this guy encroaching on my territory? I'm having a fine time with his mom and just me, I'm getting 100% of the attention. And here comes this guy. So over time, they did divorce. Yours, on the other hand, with the sun and moon are conjunct like that, tends to indicate a two parents who share a lot of the same values, the same expectations, the same understanding of what love and marriage are, and so on, so that they have a lot more togetherness than parents born to someone with a full moon, like me, or a square moon, a quarter moon. So that's just at the bottom of that, that old interpretation, but it's significant. It's significant because you're born into an atmosphere, uh, on the one hand, of competition, really. And I was well aware of it by the time I was uh, oh, 10, certainly by 10, 12. I could see how our parents played my sister and me off against each other. I was aware that if I pleased one parent, it displeased the other parent and vice versa. So it, you're born into a situation where it really doesn't matter what you do because it's it's going to displease one and, un, and, and please the other one. And then, then where do you go? Well, my solution was to get as far away from all of that as I could, which I did. <laughs> Move to Los Angeles. Uh, any further west would have been to Hawaii. Yeah, go as, far, where, go as far you can until you hit water, right? That's it. <laughs> and, and I was really aware, consciously, even though I knew nothing about astrology, I thought when I moved to, Cal to Los Angeles, I was 20, and I thought, thank God, at least now I can start raising myself. It was very conscious. 
and I loved it. And, and so whatever I am today is me. I've, I've made this because I was raised in uh, an atmosphere that I didn't particularly like, and I really couldn't see any role models that I wanted to be like, which is okay by me with my kind of chart it is. Now, I was going to ask this, so this is exactly the thread of where I wanted to go and with this next question is, then, is this just related to parental energy, as you were saying, that yin-yang of the influence, the subconscious influence, even before you're born of those energies? Is it only related to that, or can you bring it into other areas of life? I think it, it influences the whole life. When for and, and I completely understand a soul, I guess, like mine, who wanted to incarnate, but did not want to follow the traditional expected program of getting married and having 2.3 children and a collie dog and a recreational vehicle and living in a house that was just like 10,000 other houses built inches apart i that's kind of what i saw i had very limited choices where i was born but thankfully my dad liked to travel every summer we would take two-week vacations and i saw new york city when i was five at the first time and i responded to that i can still remember it i thought oh yeah this is much more like it because of the excitement, the diversity, the numbers of people, the endless opportunities to be whatever you wanted to be, I couldn't do that where I was born. And so I chose deliberately, I think, a, a set of parents who would love me, which they did, uh, but who I did not want to be like. And that would alone ultimately make me want to move away from them and raise myself. Meanwhile, of course, you have to have food and shelter. And you're a child, a baby. You can't do that yourself. So, and I loved them back. It's not that we didn't have a lot of love. We did. But there was always that undercurrent of conflict and the fact that I really didn't like <laughs> where, I, I, frankly, I didn't particularly like either one of my parents. I didn't like how they behaved. and But there was nothing I could do about it. And they never changed. And I think I'm very aware, too, Thomas, on another level. I am, in fact, and I've only realized this in the last, I don't know, 10 years, I'm probably living exactly the kind of life my dad would have preferred to live. But he did the right thing. He was the only son. He lost his father when he was 10. He could have gone into music and entertainment. He had his own band to put himself through college with his own big band, played great trumpet, knew a bunch of jazz musicians, and would love to have gone into that. But he chose medicine to be responsible, to raise a family, to take care of his mother. So he did the responsible things, and he was a wonderful doctor. He truly was. But as you know, he was also an alcoholic. What does that tell you? Something there is painful that he's trying to mask. You see, so you can learn a lot about yourself and your choices and your soul's choices and even about your parents and why these two from astrology. It's endlessly fascinating to me still. Well, and that, that placement of the sun and the moon in your chart when you're born. So are there any other lunar or solar, sun and the moon, aspects or elements or considerations around the time of our birth that we should be aware of? Ooh, yes, there are. 
If you look at the last aspect that the moon makes before you were born, you will get a picture of your gestational period inside your mother's womb. I, for example, um, I'm trying to think the last aspect that my moon makes. Let's go backwards. The moon is going back. I'm doing last aspect. So the last aspect it made would have been the opposition to Neptune. That's what it was. Or is that right after birth? That's the first one after birth. Because okay, I'm going to talk about that one too. The moon's last aspect, I'm, I'm having trouble even thinking here. Uh, three back to two to one to 29, 28. It would be my mid-heaven. 24, I guess, is opposite Mercury. Interesting. Uh, because they were separated by war. As, as I told you, the whole time I was gestating, my dad was far away. So there was that. But uh, the last aspect of the moon is supposed to suggest carryover traits from a previous life that you are going to bring into this life, whereas the moon's first aspect after birth shows what you are meant to do in this life. Think about it. So with me, for example, if the first, um, the last aspect before my birth was the moon opposite Mercury, what I am supposedly bringing in from a past life is pretty much exactly what I'm doing. Mercury of communications in Virgo of really hyperlogical, hypercritical thinking. And I am hypercritical. I don't believe much of anything at face value, certainly not astrology. I wouldn't have believed astrology, except that from the first book I opened, it was right about this hairline scar on my face. And that's what caught me up short, because that's very Mercury and Virgo. Prove it to me. Prove it. Where did you get that? So I'm born with that. And what am I meant to do with it? The first aspect after my birth was the opposition to Neptune, which I've got two ways to go with Neptune. You can go up or down. You can either go up into metaphysics and spirituality and transcendence, all of the aspects of astrology that I love so much. And astrology and Uranus both rule astrology. Um, excuse me, Neptune and, and Uranus both rule astrology. So that is one thing I'm meant to do. The other path I could have chosen is alcoholism or going down, as sadly my father did and his second wife. Uh, my dad lost his practice over alcoholism and his life over alcoholism. And I have been in touch with a past life of my own through Brian Jameson and past life regression of exactly that. And we talked about that, I think, in these uh, one of these podcasts about my um, living a life. And I was on my deathbed. And uh, what was I dying of? Syphilis and alcoholism. I had spent the whole life doing nothing but drinking and carousing, and here I was dying from it. So I could have gone that way too, and I, that's the kind of milieu that I was born into. Every set of parents that I knew drank and drank a lot, and we were not encouraged to drink young, but it was certainly available, and we did. We started drinking pretty young. So I was habituated to that kind of social drinking that, if you have this genetic predisposition, can easily turn into alcoholism, which, thankfully, through astrology, I had to face and took care of. So that's how those two, and the same goes with the sun. The sun's last aspect before birth, in my case, would have been, I guess, yeah, it would have been the conjunction with Neptune. So I'm bringing that forward also from another life. And incidentally, the ninth house happens to be one of two houses associated with past lives. So I'm bringing that Neptune archetype in with this, and the first aspect that my son makes after 
birth, which is the square to, no, it isn't. It's the sextile to Pluto. Thank you. Uh, sex, almost the same as the same degree as the square to Saturn, but it's a sextile to Pluto. So the idea of transformation again, Thomas, comes up with Pluto on my eighth cusp, not only transforming me, and which I did by getting away, giving birth to myself again at age 21, and also in through my work, as it turns out, I had no idea that I was transforming other people's lives, but that's what they have told me. For, and it's all through astrology. I don't think about this as me personally or particularly egotistical. It's not. It's using a tool, namely astrology, to help people understand how they can transform their own lives. And by making, making these things conscious, I think that's what that's how it works. The energy, lifting something that's been unconscious and operating below the surface, bringing it up to the surface, acknowledging it, and showing how it works, suddenly it empowers people. They're no longer operating under some hidden layer that's maybe working against them. Instead, they're consciously taking advantage of everything that they have chosen to be born with. Are you just using the Ptolemaic aspects here? To start, yeah, to be start. Because in your chart, you do have a fairly, you're brushing shoulders with Venus, but it is an it's an inconjunct. It's an inconjunct. It's, it's a quincunx. It's a quincunx. And yeah, but you can certainly count that if you wish. I tend to use the Ptolemaic, Ptolemaic aspects to, okay. to start. To start. So you yeah. could read that as a secondary yeah. type of position. Okay. All right. Good. And we'll put Robert's chart in the show notes. Thank you for this very interesting topic. And I would imagine if you guys have questions about this, you can leave us one on the Fun Astrology podcast homepage. Right at the top left is an orange button, and you can leave it anonymously, or you can put your name in there, whatever you want to do, and we can play those on the podcast and answer your questions. Also, all of Robert's full contact information is in the show notes, our Discord channel, YouTube channel, all kinds of stuff going on, so be sure to stop by there for the latest of podcast happenings. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next time on the Old Soul, New Soul Astrology Podcast with Robert Glasscock. Robert Glasscock.